0: How do you build a wall, like a foundation for a house, or a retaining wall? How do you build that? Now when you see it built, you have all of these bricks, most of the time perfectly lined up, mortar joints are looking good, if it's a retaining wall you may not see the mortar joints but it's glued. With some commercial silicone sticky snot stuff in between. And it looks like this amazing piece of craftsmanship. But have you ever seen someone build a wall? I'm not a block layer. But when I was in the pool business, we would have people that needed to build retaining walls. And... We would, you know, do the grade work and have it empty and, you know, flatten it down so they could pour a footer. A lot of times we would actually pour the footer for them. And then these guys would come in and it looked like massive chaos going on. They got one poor guy over there mixing mortar in a wheelbarrow consistently. Another guy is running string to make sure everything is level. You got two or three guys that are putting that that sticky stuff on those and they're they start on the first layer and they start brick by brick now just like in trapping there is a lot of wisdom in old sayings and i can i know from football we used our football coach when i was at megs county tennessee used to talk about brick by brick I actually if I remember right we may have had a t-shirt with that on there because when I was at Meigs County you know four or five years before that we were at State we were kicking butt this that and the other when I was a freshman at Meigs County we struggled and we brought in a new coach this coach came in and if I remember right it was coach Parks An amazing motivational guy and he always talked about bricks. And being a freshman in high school it seemed kind of cheesy. Now as I got older that's not so cheesy. Now why am I talking about bricks on a trapping podcast? Well, think about it a little bit. When you come into trapping or you're into the journey of trapping, whether it's your first year, your fifth year, your 10th or your 20th year. What are you actually doing when you go out and you put a set in? Well, you can put in a brick that's not level, that's not mortared right, that is uneven front to back, it's sticking out to the front and it's going to make the next one you try to put in there even more wacky doodle because of the bricks are not put in there right. But if you put the the first brick in, just like a tile on the wall, and you get it where it's on a straight line and all that stuff, and you get your first brick in and then you go to do another brick. And then you do another brick and then you do another brick until the whole bottom layer like on a footer all your bricks are in. You trimmed up the one you needed to trim up you got all of these bricks in place. I want you to think about something when you go out trapping or when you're scouting for next year when you're learning from podcasts demos DVDs books, schools whatever it is are you putting in bricks are you trying to find a shortcut now I know in today's world and it doesn't matter if it's trapping or not in today's world everybody wants a shortcut everybody wants the secret everybody's looking for a hack and it doesn't exist. It just does especially in trapping, it does not exist because you're dealing with a natural system. When you go into that with traps, trying to catch a coyote or to a muskrat, you're dealing with a natural system. You've got weather, you've got soil types, you've got wind, you've got snow, you've got hard ground, soft ground, frozen ground, you've got habits of the animal depending on how they've been screwed with or not screwed with and they're doing their thing in their natural habitat and you're going in and you're trying to get them to do something that you want them to do as a trapper. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I had a conversation this week with a gentleman that called me trying to find a secret And he didn't use the word secret, but it was clear he thought that when he watches guys like me on videos, or Jeff, or Zagger, or whoever it is he's watching, that we're holding stuff back. Now, sometimes that may be true, depending on who it is that someone's watching. But for the most part this trapper has built a wall brick by brick over time layer after layer after layer this trapper has done this. So when from the outside looking in you don't really even notice the wall you notice the results. And you're trying to figure out a way that you can have the same wall with the same production and the same results, without having to put that brick in next to the other brick, next to the other brick on top of this brick, join it in where they're you know not just on top of each other, but they're they're symmetrical, they're lined up over the break, so it's strength if it's a retaining wall it's leaning back to put pressure against the earth you don't really notice all of that you just see the results but I'm gonna give you the secret to being a super successful trapper its brick by brick by brick when you learn how to better trap and you can do it with your eyes closed half asleep sick and tired that's a foundational brick when you can locate tracks that's a brick when you can pick out locations without tracks because there's something going on with the terrain that you can notice that's a that's a brick How to keep your traps working in bad weather. That's another brick. How to keep them working in frozen ground. That's a brick. See, for me personally, that's not a brick I've laid very much. I don't trap where northern Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. That's not a brick in my arsenal. But rain? I can deal with rain mud I can deal with mud I've got those bricks laid in there over time figuring things out and then you start learning about sets because there's a thousand ways to make a set and they'll all catch an animal and it's pretty simple when you understand what this brick is you have an attractant that the animal wants to investigate you have a trap to intercept him from where he's coming from to your attractor that's a brick what lures to use wins another brick I can go on and on about all these bricks we've talked about this is I don't know because I I haven't looked at the, the computer this is probably getting close to mid 450 podcast numbers we've talked about a lot of bricks over the years lots of bricks when I decided I was going to be a professional trapper some of my first bricks were taking instruction and going to schools about trapping I studied other trappers, which was another uh, very efficient trappers. I read books about efficient trappers. All those were bricks. I've watched demos at conventions. Bricks. I went to different states and had to deal with different terrains. Bricks. Different laws. Bricks. How to get the same result when I couldn't do the same thing because of a law. Trapping in water, brick, trapping on land, brick, trapping in fields, bricks, trapping in swamps, bricks. It's bricks, 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 and bricks. Now, all those things are individual, is what I want you to understand and when you're going out and you're actually putting your stuff in the ground you're either in the process of learning about the correct way to put the brick in or you figure it out and it's another brick that is the secret to becoming a highly productive trapper it's brick by brick it's not something that you can learn in a year two years three years You may be in a certain situation, like you could have went to when I was teaching the school down in Texas, and we showed you how to run fence snares in a very efficient manner. You could have took that to another ranch, and you could have reproduced that if you have the dig unders like we had. And this has happened in Texas, what I'm getting ready to tell you. So you learn a brick about a fast way efficient way to have loaded snares in fences so you catch more fur than you get knocked, knockdowns on the snares. Then you're, you're feeling really proud about yourself and you go to another ranch that for some reason animals aren't moving through that fence very well and you get your butt kicked. Well it's not really you got your butt kicked even though you did It's you didn't have the bricks in place to adjust to that new situation. See, that's another brick you've got to learn. And and the amazing thing as I get older, as the more bricks that are put in that are solid and level and in the right place, when I come across new situations, they're easier. Now, to someone that's new, that runs into it, that doesn't have the foundation of all these bricks, it's going to seem really, really complicated. But it's, it's probably not. It's just I can pull from experiences of these other bricks and probably come up with a pretty rational plan pretty quick, which is common. Like, I remember... When Jeff, the first time he went to Texas, and it wasn't with me, uh, he went with Norm Blackwell. And we're talking on the phone. You put Jeff in Michigan, and he knows how those animals move. I've been with him up there. We've talked about Louisiana. Jeff spent a lot of time in Louisiana. And he figured out how to slam the living snot out of the animals in Louisiana. You can just Google Jeff Dunlap, and you'll see all of these pictures of tonnage of fur. He had all these bricks in place. Now, he went to Texas. And I don't think he's going to mind me saying this because it's, just, it's, it's, it's not negative. It's just what it is. He got into Mesquite Country, Texas with a thousand roads that was very open, had some block up stuff and Jeff struggled probably if I remember right what he told me was about four or five days of figuring out what the Coyotes were doing. Totally different like if you've never seen that part of Texas say from San Antonio South, San Antonio West in east over to about Beeville. That don't look like anywhere else in Texas. It doesn't look like New Mexico, it doesn't look like North Texas, it doesn't look like East Texas. It's totally different. But you know, in that five, six days, maybe seven, I don't remember exactly what it was. It could have been 10, which would still be impressive. He kept going back to the bricks he already had. And pulling an experience from those bricks because they were solid. And he figured out what the cows were doing and started catching cows. In a place that really didn't have a whole lot of cows that maybe one day he'll talk about. But that, that's not to do with the story. It wasn't like he went somewhere where there was a ton of cows. It was almost like he went somewhere that was very, very sparse with coyotes, so generically putting out traps wasn't working. Jeff figured it out. I went through this same thing the first time I went to Texas. I remember this. It was painful. I didn't figure it out as quite as fast as Jeff did because I was pretty hard headed in thinking I knew what was gonna happen and apparently I didn't. So it probably took me about three weeks to catch on to be able to start putting steel on coyotes and not just snares. Because you've got the roads. Same you know, basically besides the foliage on the side, it seems pretty similar to anywhere else you've got, the coyotes were not moving in the same fashion. And it wasn't like I was missing coyotes. I wasn't close to coyotes, but I figured it out because I had these bricks in place. See, if you want to become a super productive trapper, I'm not even talking professional, I'm not bringing any of that into this equation, but just super productive, whatever that is for you for the time that you have. You need to focus on those bricks. And you need to make sure that they're stable and level and rock solid. Like I can tell you from all the instruction I've done and all the schools that I've done, maybe... Two out of ten guys that can give you a whole lecture on betting traps, when you have them actually put one in, it's not. And you've got to correct that repeatedly because that brick that they think is solid is wobbly, which is going to cause everything else to go wompy skew down the line. That brick is super important. Everybody knows you gotta have your traps bedded solidly. You've got some guys that are super productive that say it's not important. Bob Went is one of them. We will just have to disagree on that point. He's super successful. He's found a brick that's very different than my brick. Maybe very different from your brick but his wall is solid because he goes out and catches a bunch of stuff really quick i've been with other big name trappers and i've been amazed how well and efficient they can better trap quickly solidly and get on down the road they had that brick solid And I've seen guys that are well known that don't really bring in the animal into the equation it's the location the trap set the trap placement lure placement all this stuff without the animal now if you talk to someone that went to me and Jeff's school last year we worked on that brick probably more than anything else at the school. We went over the other stuff, sure. But the brick about thinking the way the animal is going to react is probably one of the furthest bricks that someone's going to pick up on their own. Because that's not the way the vernacular of trapping instruction is here's a crossroad, here's a dirt hole set, here's the trap placement. But the, the actual animal is not actually part of that equation. Everything is trapper driven, not animal driven. So we worked on that brick over and over and over. And I can say that most of the students Probably didn't have that brick super solid when they left but it wasn't wobbling very much what they needed from that point on was some experience with that brick and I've talked to several of the students they got that brick down now so if you're looking to be the most productive trapper that you can be stop looking for the secret set. It does not exist. Stop looking for the secret location. It does not exist. Stop looking for the secret trap, the secret lure. It doesn't exist. But what does exist are those bricks. Those bricks added up over time with experience is what makes a trapper Seem like it's super easy because it is at that point. But it wasn't to get there. See, there's no way, there's not a brick that can replace experience. There's just not. I don't care how many videos you watch or how many books you read until you put the time in The experience brick is only earned with your effort. Because there's so many other things that are involved that have to be taken into consideration, that need to be thought about, that need to be the problem worked to get this other stuff to be super stable. Think about the bricks, guys. Think about the bricks. Make sure that every single brick as you trap is super, super solid. I should be able to, to someone that's listening to this podcast or taking instruction from me or been to one of my schools, I should be able to drop out of an airplane with a parachute on you on your trap line six hours into your trap line and just pick a set and go let's see if it's solid now you wouldn't know that I was gonna show up and I'm gonna do like I do with students I'm gonna gently pull the dirt back that's over the pan or the pan cover I'm gonna start feeling around with some pressure on the levers the jaws I'm gonna see if it rocks sinks slides but anybody that's trapped for quite a while shouldn't have to be worried if I drop down with a camera crew to put you live on Facebook to check your trap you shouldn't. It, it shouldn't scare you at all for that to happen. It shouldn't scare you that I showed up at, with a parachute and a camera crew to ask you why you're setting a trap here. You should be able to articulate why you're putting a trap somewhere. And not just, I think an animal's going to come by. I mean, articulate it. And you shouldn't be worried that every trapper in the world is going to get to scrutinize your answer. Because if you're at that point, man, that brick is freaking solid. Think about your bricks. Practice, practice, practice making those bricks so freaking stable and getting the experience over time because it's going to take some time. Then when you get into weird situations like Jeff in South Texas for the first time seeing a totally different moonscape, prickly prayer, mesquite, thorn tree landscape with not a lot of structure how are the animals moving through here? And when you, when you start getting those bricks solid, it's going to be, it, it's kind of like um, someone in the business world, or like, or it's it's use Michael Jordan for an example. Pretty much everybody knows who he is. Without a doubt, hands down, the greatest basketball player ever. When he started out playing basketball, he couldn't even make the high school team. Do you know what he did? He started working on his bricks. Dribbling, shooting, moving, defense, movement drills, free throws, three-pointers, over and over and over again. He couldn't make the team when he was a freshman. He was kicking ass when he was a senior. Everybody wanted him on their team in the pros when he got out of college. And the most amazing thing about Michael Jordan, Kobe, they worked just as hard on their bricks when they were professionals in the top of the game as they did when they couldn't make the high school basketball team. But someone's going to look at Michael Jordan, the old footage of Michael. That is so easy for him to do. He's putting up 40 and 50 points. He's jumping from 25 foot away and he's putting the ball in six different directions between his legs and around people and and just finger roll score it looks so simple it was because his wall was solid and that's what I want you to think about with your personal trapping what bricks do you have that are truly you need to be honest with yourself this is not a place for ego This is not a place for you to, I know what the hell I'm doing. This is not a place, you should question everything. I question everything. If I I see somebody do something, bedding a trap different than me, and it seems like it may be better than what I do, I'm going to give it a shot repeatedly. I'm gonna give it a real shot. I don't, I'm not, I don't care if it's my way or their way. I want the best way. See there's no ego in that. How I put in sets? I'm looking for the best bricks I can use. That's the way you want to look at it. Break down your own trapping from before you leave the house through the day until you get back home question everything you're doing now if you're by yourself I want you to try something because this will help you build stronger bricks if you want to learn how to do something and it doesn't matter if it's trapping, basketball business, turkey hunting, deer hunting, whatever it is. If you're in a situation that you have to teach, articulate, explain, prove, defend what you're doing, you're going to be way better off than somebody that just does what feels good at the time. That's the reason when I have students, a lot of times, it makes them nervous, and I don't mean to. I have them learn something, and then I have them teach that to somebody else, another student. They teach it. And and you can tell the guys that get it, and the guys that didn't really get it, but just agree because they want you to think they got it. See, I'm not interested if you think you got it. I want you to make sure you've got it. And then if you're going to give a class on dirt holes for coyotes at an NTA or state convention, you're probably going to think about what you're going to say. Because it's not just you in the woods doing your thing. You're going to have to explain what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you learned it, some stories with it what worked and what didn't and then people are going to ask you questions about it and you don't want to look like a fool so you're going to really know that information you, you follow what I'm saying so if you are by yourself teach yourself So when you see a location, as you're grabbing your bag, so you can be by yourself, no one's gonna think you're a crazy person. I used to do this all the time. When I knew that one day I was gonna make DVDs, I gave the DVD spill on every single set that I did, start to finish. No one's around, no one can listen, some birds maybe, nobody. And I would evaluate what I said. Well, that sounded terrible. I was, I didn't really know why I was doing this. Yeah, that's not a very good reason. What if someone were to ask me a question about this? So if you're by yourself, give yourself the class of what you're doing. Talk out loud. If you've got a really good buddy. And y'all are both trying to learn, teach each other. I'm like, give the class like you're giving instruction. It's gonna seem kind of weird, I get it. You're out in the woods talking to yourself, that's kind of weird, I get it. No one's gonna know. Even a few birds and maybe a turtle. Nobody's gonna know. But you will be amazed. I promise you, you will be amazed the holes you find in your theories and why you're doing what you're doing. Because I tell students this all the time. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions when you put in a set. We may not agree on what you're doing and that's okay. But I want you to have a reason why you're putting your trap here why it's bedded this deep, why it's this far away from the hole or the attractor, why you're using a dirt pattern, you're using a big dirt pattern, why you're blending it in, why? And the first time I do that with students a lot of times it's a a bunch of almost like a regurgitated uh, bumper sticker high points from someone's video or a book And I can tell it's not really theirs. So I I start asking deeper questions. And it doesn't take very long for them to realize they have no idea why they're doing what they're doing, except that's the way they do it, and that's the way they saw somebody else do it. Now, see, when you do that, you cannot have stable bricks, you can't. When I put a bobcat trap back in my particular style of bobcat set, the first one is 16 to 18 inches. I can give you many reasons why that is. Not theories, reasons. If I'm trapping coyotes in the winter, My traps are normally, depending on if it's more of an open set and I'm not using a lot of structure, my traps can be about 10 inches back wherever I'm putting it. In the summer, it's going to be 12 to 14 inches back. I can give you countless stories and reasons why that is. If you want to know, I can tell you. I can articulate it. I can give you experiences and stories and what I've seen, where I learned it from, how I've adjusted from that, the results. See, trapping is a thinking man's game. There's a lot of action you're doing, you're working all the time you're in constant motion but it's it's kind of like if you've ever been around someone that's a very good debater or a chess player they're doing something at the moment but they're actually working on something that's three moves down the the line a debaters gonna ask you a question because he knows what you're gonna say to lead you to where he wants you to go he's thinking he's planning so whenever you're doing something teach yourself out loud if you wanted to get really geeky with this and you have a certain type set you put in like a a Charlie Robbins dirt hole set or you want to use two mouse holes are you gonna do a badger hole set or a flat set if you wanted to get really geeky and make sure that your bricks are super solid write a complete article on that and post it somewhere for people to give you comments because if you hadn't thought it through and there's not a lot of logic in what you're doing people will be more than glad in the information age to tell you everything that you hadn't thought of. Now that's bringing a lot of grief but you know what it would do? You would have to tighten up your game to the point that if if uh, John Daniels snagged you at the NTA this year in Iowa and you were just up there having a good time and he goes, look, man, I've heard you catch some couch, so-and-so didn't come. We've got a demo in three minutes. I need you to step in. You see, if your game was as tight as what I'm talking about, No problem. I don't have any gear, let me go borrow some gear for somebody. And you could walk into an NTA demo with 500 people without having to sweat it because you know what you're talking about. Those bricks are freaking solid. That's where you want to be. That's what real successful trappers can do. They don't haphazardly lay their bricks. They're craftsmen. And that's what a good trapper is, is a craftsman. So become the craftsman. Now I want to thank our sponsors for the show. We have amazing sponsors. We have, in Trump words, the bigliest best ones. I know that because I've dealt with all of these gentlemen and companies for a long time and I don't have to worry about being let down, which means you don't have to be worried about being let down. And the first one is F&T fur harvesters. Everything you need for hunting, trapping, are trapping, hunting with hounds, and predator calls. They have everything. Super professional. Their game is tight. When you call up or put your order in online, it's moving before you're out of bed probably the next morning. Something's happening with that order. You don't have to worry about your money sitting around, you don't have to worry about the The product being three weeks before it goes out, you don't have to worry about that with any of my sponsors. Their game is tight. F&T is also the home of the FB1 and the FB2 dog-proof traps. That's the ones I use, and if you're looking for them, that's the only ones I would grab. If you see me somewhere, that's the only ones you're going to see in my truck. There's a reason. Next one is Funky Trap Tags and Supplies, Copper Trap Tags, full line of trapping supplies, stuff for hunting and fishing, all kind of cool predator call stuff. He's got a lot of used traps a lot of times, he's got always got new traps, he's got stuff, he's always building inventory. When you put an order in with them, it's going out. You don't have to worry about the money. You don't have to worry about anything because it's been taken care of. It's funky trap tags and supplies. Next one is Oki Cable and Trap. He's out of Oklahoma. Another guy that's got a full line of trapping supplies buys fur a lot of years. I get stuff from him throughout the year and somehow I'm amazed that it gets here as fast as it does. Last year, I got in a bind and needed sodium benzoite. I called him up. Somehow, 36 hours later, there's two bags of sodium benzoite coming off a UPS truck. He, he, He must have, like, tackled the UPS driver, held him down, put it in a box, made him put him on the truck, and put Speedy something on there to get it here that fast. That's the type of sponsors I'm, that I deal with and I think that you should deal with. The last one, but not least, is Dunlap Lures, Jeff Dunlap. He's got great lures. He's got great information. He, he sits in for the podcast sometimes for me. We do podcast. We do a school together. Guys, if you're trying to figure out how to lay your bricks the most solid way, One of the fastest ways is to learn from people that already have bricks that are solid. Jeff is one of those guys. We do like to cut up, and we will cut up at the school. But we're also very serious about what we're doing at the school. And we both talked about this. We want every single person that goes there to leave better than we are individually because you're going to be able to learn from Jeff, and you're going to be able to learn from me, and you're going to be able to take that with you and have more information than either one of us has together, and you're going to be able to go out and crush it. Now that school is in September. It's in Iowa. You can find all the information on my website Wolfer Nation go to the PCG store look under business course and schools everything you need to know about the school is in there but if you're wanting to lay those bricks that's going to be a crash course I would not be where I am today I do not believe if I wouldn't have went out and treated learning from people that were better than me like a college degree I don't have a college degree I barely made it out of high school but what I do have is what I would consider a master's degree from other masters I went to instruction after instruction after instruction I treated it just like school I wanted to make sure those bricks were solid so if you're interested in that check out our school we're having two classes there's only going to be 12 students total per class once the conventions start you can talk to me or Jeff Jeff's doing more conventions than I am he's probably gonna have flyers there him or Sarah can get you all the information that you need if I'm not at the convention and you can talk to him face-to-face about what it's like And you're probably going to be just as impressed as the students were last year. Because we worked our butt off to make sure that people were squared away when they left. All right. So we got conventions coming up. Are you going to go to any of them? If not, I think you might need to reconsider that you need to at least go to your state show I would recommend an FTA show or the NTA show and here's some reasons why and I want you to think about this you get to meet other trappers and discuss things that you probably don't get to do on a daily basis in your regular life because most of us aren't around a thousand trappers in a day You will meet people that become lifelong friends or they can be really good acquaintances that you can help each other out down the line. It's hard to do that online because you don't have that personal connection. One of the things that I love about conventions is there's always new stuff coming out because trappers are inventive. They see problems, they try to figure out a way to make it better, they bring that to market. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good, but you don't know from looking at something on a post online. But if you can physically put your hands on a new trap, or you may be looking at something like the J3, the Haggerty equipment that he has for his slide rods and his clips and all that, and it may not make total sense. Well, you can walk up to Haggerty because he's such an easy guy to talk with and you can go, hey man, I've been seeing these things. Explain this to me so I understand what it is. And he can run you through that, which is really hard to see that in an a ad in a magazine, per se. Or you're hearing about somebody and their lures yeah you can take a chance on marketing or you can be at a show and open the bottle and smell it you can see the consistency you can see if it gives you a warm fuzzy you can talk to the guy Now he's not going to tell you what's in it but he might be able to give you some recommendations on using it like for example my cat collector lure is very well known for cats. What a lot of guys don't know is just as many people buy it for coyotes. Which I've almost thought about just making another batch of cat collector and putting the coyote label on it because it's that good. But if you're in front of me at a convention and I know that you're going after coyotes and cats, well this is good for both. But you not, you're probably not going to get that just off my store. plus you can walk around and I recommend this to anybody at conventions walk around the tailgaters spend some time looking at all that stuff now you're gonna find some really cool deals but you're gonna see some stuff you have probably never seen I see stuff at a show I've never seen all the time and what does it do it gets my brain working and then you're sitting there and you're talking with somebody and they may say something that the registers maybe not with you at the moment but 2 years down the road and that's the solution that you were looking for but you didn't know it at the time i had an old gentleman in pennsylvania talk to me about an ingredient for beaver and i thought he was insane so whenever I'm gone and someone buys my formulas for for enrager they're gonna look at that and they're gonna go this is a joke there's no way that goes in a beaver lure and that's what I thought with this older guy that told me this but about a year year and a half down the road that kept bouncing around in my head so I tried it and if you've ever used Enrager you know good and well why that sells so well it actually pisses Beaver off I would have never got that without going to the convention I've learned little bitty guide tricks not from demos but talking to trappers like the fastest way I've ever seen to guide a coyote or a bobcat in a trail set I learned talking to a trapper just bullshit and it seemed so simple at the time that I was like hmm I tried it damn Boy knew what he was talking about. See, I couldn't have got that, probably ever, without going to a convention. You get to meet the people that you read about and you see on, on social media and YouTube and stuff like that. That's cool. But the interactions, if, you're, if you on purposely talk to other trappers... Startup conversations. What do trappers like to talk about? Trapping. Sometime to the point that it'll drive you nuts. Everybody has got something you can learn. You may not even realize it at the time. Everybody's figured these little things out but they're not pumping out YouTube videos. They're not posting on Facebook. They're not writing magazine articles. they're not putting out DVDs. The information you miss by not going to them is massive. And then you've got the, you got the demos. I cannot imagine not going a trapper not going to at least one convention a year. Just for the simple fact of what you can learn, and psychologically, I believe, personally, you realize that you're not alone. Because in our daily life, depending on where you're at, I guess, when people find out that I'm a trapper, they've never met one. We can't talk about trapping in a upscale type fashion because they don't know anything except what Uncle Bob told them to do with jelly or something, you know, that a a trapper today is looking at and go, oh, good gosh. Uh, Yeah, no, no, we're not doing that. So it's not like you can really be around your trap. But at a convention that's your people depending on if you're willing to learn to talk to people because a lot of trappers are introverts some trappers are extroverts like Zagger if he wasn't a trapper he could be in a circus and he would be the center of attention because that's his personality an extrovert he draws people to him this by personality it's amazing to watch me and jeff we're introverts we have to force ourselves to be in the middle of stuff it's easier for us and and most trappers i believe are introverts And it's easier to just kind of fall back, observe from a distance, do your own thing, but you miss out on so much. So go to a convention. Because you don't know what bricks you're going to be able to shore up if you don't know another thing about conventions that I think a lot of people don't don't utilize is if you're in Pennsylvania and you meet somebody from Nebraska and you got mink in Pennsylvania and they don't have mink in Nebraska and you've got some really restrictive stuff or a really high population and small farms and different things and a lot of competition for coyotes but they can hook you up with thousands of acres in Nebraska now they want to catch a mink because they never caught a mink or they've never really been around mini mink and you can you can they can come and you know however you work out the lodging most trappers just stay at the other one's house You can go trapping with them, have a great time, learn from each other. He catches his mink this year or next year or two years down the road. You go to Nebraska and you get to be a western cow cow trapper, get you a little straw hat so you look the part. Go out there and have a blast. If you're up north and you meet somebody from Louisiana, you've got an amazing spring beaver season. They got an amazing otter population. Talk to each other. Trade it out. I just talked to a guy today that Chip actually was in North Carolina and hunted on the place that he was working. Apparently, they got two birds. Chip was so happy, I don't know if there was something else involved, but this guy is supposedly going to Chip's place in Mississippi to go turkey hunting, which, that shocks the living snot out of me because Chip sharing a bird on his place is, is, doesn't seem possible. But apparently, he made enough impression that Chip wants him to come out and and do that. It can be, the, the point is, you network you don't go out to use people you figure out how you can help them and a good person's going to figure out how to help you neither one of you is taking advantage of the other one that's not a good way to do this but network at conventions and once you start going to them it's really cool because you get to see people that you only get to see once or twice a year or every other year. You get to catch back up. Sit around a fire. Drink some whiskey or some beer. It's just it it, it can be like a way to recharge the passion of trapping. Because in everyday life, everybody's so busy doing stuff, trying to make money, paying bills, that all that can get drained away. So go to a convention. The only person you're hurting by not going is you. On the selfish side, you don't have to pay shipping. On another selfish side which I don't understand and I'm not going to get into, but dealers get into price wars. They are screwing themselves, but you can get stuff at a better price. Why they won't want to make $5 on a dozen traps that they got 190 in is irrelevant right now. But if you can get those traps at a discount, you just saved you some money and you don't have to pay the shipping. Yeah. You're going to have fuel, You're going to have motels or you're going to sleep in a camper or a tent or whatever you're going to do. There's going to be cost involved. You may not actually save the money. But there's way more advantages for you to be there than that money. So the takeaways from today's show. practice being a trapping bricklayer. You want them things solid. The other thing is, go be around your people. Because when you see all the stuff from PETA and all the craziness from the liberals about how evil you are, and you're not around your people very often, It's easy to feel like you're alone. What people don't realize is that if trappers wanted to to start a standing army, we could probably easily be 100,000 strong. So you're not alone. but you don't know it if you don't go. So so you look at your state, look at the bigger conventions, the FTA and the NTA, try to pick one or two. Kids love going to conventions because they get to run around like maniacs, they get to meet new people, they get to flirt with other girls if it's a guy, opposite, which is gonna scare you to death for your dad. But it's a very safe place for children. Go have fun. Just go be with your tribe. And I will talk to y'all next week.